This is Love Chats with Catalyst, a pop culture podcast exploring love in the 21st century with your hosts, Sarah, Ivy, Sawyer, and Alyssa, the prevention and outreach team at Catalyst Domestic Violence Services. And today we have a special guest host, Marlene. Thank you so much, Marlene, for being here today. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience and let them know who you are and what brings you to the episode today? Yeah, definitely. So I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm the bilingual counselor on staff here at Catalyst. I have been working here for almost two years as a counselor and have worked here before as an advocate at the shelter. Super excited to be here today. And we're going to be talking about this awesome show that, you know, is with Latinx authors and just excited to be here and discuss it with you guys. Thank you so much. And Marlene, you did a brief stint in prevention and outreach, didn't you, as an intern several years back, way back when in your college years? (laughs) Yeah, I did my internship with community outreach as well um, and did groups on healthy relationships and whatnot. And that was really great as well. A hundred years ago, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) I realize I made you sound really old when you absolutely not really old. (laughs) That's just how I feel about college is that it feels like it was a century. A long time ago. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, so you're well versed on the issue at hand, and we are super happy to have you on board today. Madeline, I am so happy that you're here because this is our first Latinx story, and I have been complaining about how challenging it is to find a love story that has uh, characters who come from lives that I can relate to. Um, so I'm really stoked to have your your input. Uh, we are reviewing this very cool show that was recommended by another advocate. Shout out to Cynthia out there. Um, Thank you. This is a show on Netflix and it is called Everything Will Be Fine. It is a satirical dramedy about what it means to be a good parent and spouse in today's world. It is currently streaming on Netflix if you want to watch it and follow up on this podcast. It is in Spanish with subtitles as well as English dubbed version. I kind of dove in to figure out why Diego Luna, who is the director, decided to tell this story. And as it turns out, the whole motivation came from his personal experience in a separation. Also, some of his friends were also going through separations. And as they were starting to have conversations about their experiences, it inspired him to tell this story. From his separation, he realized that When you're divorcing someone, you really have to reevaluate everything about what you believe in. And he recognized that we're living in a time where people are feeling more free and liberated to express love and find love in alternative ways. And it doesn't have to be this traditional, um, you know, death do us part. In this conversation in the writing room with other um, diverse voices, there was a lot of difficult conversations that even he admits he he struggled with understanding um, in terms of exploring alternative forms of love, um, how machismo affects relationships, how the language that is used um, in, in, in the culture also affects um, the lives of men and women. I think that this show was a really, really interesting look on modern day marriages and relationships. 
And they definitely took a pretty strong stance on marriage. I felt like, what did you all think? I don't know what I expected going into the show, um, but I found myself really invested in the characters and stories. Um, I think something I, I really appreciated about it was the characters are fully realized human beings. Like everybody on the show is messy AF at various points and some worse than others. Um, and I feel like marriage as sort of like the theme of the show and sort of like deconstructing um, like the pressures that people face um, when they get married or they enter a relationship um, ended in like really interesting ways. And while ultimately um, for my own personal life, I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with the thesis statement that, you know, marriage is an inherently like damaging and corrupt and harmful system. I do feel like for these specific characters, that's definitely true. Like healthy relationships look so many different ways and it doesn't need to be um, a traditional marriage. It was a great show, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a great insight into looking at there's different types of relationships. And a lot of the times those are not shared or those are not shown, especially during Latinx shows, right? It was really cool because it wasn't just the, there's the main relationship, right? There's Julia and Rui. But I think throughout the whole show, there's that theme that comes up with marriage, how, you know, it's not what works for everyone. There's Idalia, right, which is their home in, like, nanny um, aid, and her um, husband, her partner is incarcerated, right, and at some point when she's in the bus and she's talking to someone else, she's like, you know, this seeing him every two weeks kind of working out for me, <laughs> right, and it was kind of comical, but at the same time, like, she's realizing, okay, maybe I don't want to be with this person all the time, right? This idea that you know, just because you're married doesn't mean you have to be together physically 24-7 all the time. And that sometimes having space from your partner and having those boundaries can actually make your marriage stronger. Um, I guess space in the way of your husband being incarcerated isn't probably something that you choose. But I definitely feel like marriage, yeah, even in itself can look a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. So, you know, maybe you have different agreements in your marriage on what it's going to look like. Um, maybe it's not as traditional or like maybe it's not based in as rigid of gender roles. So let's just get right into it. The protagonist is Julia, a 30 year old graphic artist working for an agency uh, about to land it big on a commercial contract with Nike. And her husband, her ex-husband, well, they're technically not officially divorced yet. Rui, who is what we call in Mexico a chavo ruco, right, Marlene, which is an adult essent. <laughs> yes. Um, they have like a eight-year-old, nine-year-old daughter named Andrea. Julia happens to come from a middle-class, upper-middle-class family, um, inherited um, a, a home and uh, an apartment that she stays at whenever things aren't going well in her relationship. And they live with uh, their nanny named Idalia. Um, it's very normal and typical in middle-class uh, Mexican families for there to be a nanny that helps and assist. Um, Idalia has been a part of the family. Um, she was the nanny to Julia when Julia was a little girl. So she's like, she's part of the family. And something very 
different in this relationship is that Julia is actually the breadwinner in this relationship. Rui is, like I mentioned earlier, an adult essence. He does have a career as a radio station personality, but um, struggles with being someone that Julia can rely on. He works at a radio station has a very public life. And because of his public life, he's exposed to a lot of um, opportunities to cheat. And um, as it turns out, that is one of the main reasons why this relationship wasn't working out. But as we start to learn more about the characters, it's a lot more complicated than that. Rui also has a drinking problem. I wouldn't say it's enough to cause any distress in his daughter's life, but it definitely makes it so that Julia can't really count on him for certain things. Um, he's clearly depressed. He's trying to figure out um, his role in life. And the story does kind of show how he is a little displaced in his role as a man because um, he's the one staying with Andrea, playing with her, taking her to school. And that has been the way they divided their, their roles. And so it's, it's really a lot of role reversal. Um, and how does this impact the marriage? Um, Julia is always working. She's very busy. Um, she's not able to spend as much time with um, her daughter, Andrea. And she is very aware that Rui is a good father. He's just a terrible husband. Julia and Rui met when Julia was 20 years old and he was 32. So there is quite of an age difference. That age difference um, plays like a really interesting role in the show where they are literally people from two different generations. So I feel like their experiences and outlook on relationships and life and gender politics are just slightly different. So it creates this interesting conflict between them. I just really appreciate the diversity between Rui and Julia and the fact that he's like kind of extremely chauvinistic and she's like super progressive like feminist like artist and just seeing her individual career take off and what that means for the relationships that she wants in her life and the experiences that she's having and how like her personal values just kind of like definitely disagree with and but up against Rui and his whole demeanor and how he treats women. The backdrop in this show has um, a lot of political and social issues happening in Mexico, issues surrounding women that are definitely influencing the, the characters, who they are, what motivates them, what drives them. There are things that trickle into the relationship. So for for one, Mexico has really high numbers of femicides. That is something that Diego Luna um, wanted to incorporate into this story. As a culture, can we work together to, to not be the country that has the most femicides? Um, and so the story really is about masculinity, values, um, and how they impact women in their lives. So the show starts out with Julia and Rui in separate offices being interviewed by social services because it is very clear that they are in the process of separating. Um, they are at a social service office because they're fighting for custody. Um, later in the show, we see how it escalated to that point, but um, they're having to answer a lot of 
personal questions that have a lot more to do with morality and values that I believe are more patriarchal than they are relevant (laughs) to whether they are going to be good parents or not. And they both are answering questions like, how many sex partners have you had? What age did you have start? Did you start having sex? Um, And you can definitely see the reaction of the social workers doing these questions that they are having judgment, right? Um, And it's very absurd. The whole scene is very absurd because what does it matter whether you had sex at 18 and how many partners you had? Um, but regardless, it's just um, a criticism of, of the community, the culture, I, the, the values, the, the court system, um, making moral judgment on um, parents when really what matters is if they love the little girl and how they show up for her. So where it's, it's very clear that there's this contradiction. Julia is starting to explore herself as a woman her sexuality, and really resituate herself in this world. And Rui is um, realizing that he's got some problematic behaviors that stem from being taught machista type of values. For our listeners who might not be familiar with the concept of machismo or machista, would you be able to give like a little brief overview of what that means? Yeah. So machismo, machista, uh, we have a different term for it here in in America. It's like that toxic masculinity, socializing men that they are in control, that they are entitled to women's bodies or entitled to talk in behalf of women. Um, So Rui is kind of like that archetype male who is um, oblivious about his behavior. Um, He doesn't want to take accountability for um, inappropriate behavior, um, non-consensual grooming and touching of of female friends um, that he honestly believes that he's just misunderstood. Um, And so in this story, Rui is realizing that all all along his behavior has been problematic. In the writing, Diego Luna decided to make this family with a daughter because he intentionally wanted the community to reevaluate a lot of things and a lot of the things that we talk about in terms of marriage. And he felt like having a daughter forces Rui's character and uh, Julia's character to really think about what kind of a world am I bringing this young female? So uh, Rui grew up without a father. His father left when he was very young. So he was raised by his mother. Um, and his mother did open up admitting that it's very possible that because I raised you by myself, that I raised you with some machista values and asking herself whether she, the way she raised him contributed to some of the issues that come up in the marriage. Um, Julia's father is also absent and uh, her mother struggles with mental health and depression. Um, So both of them really come from homes where um, maybe they weren't able to see um, like a mom and dad scenario um, and observe what a healthy relationship looks like and how people navigate relationships. 
she actually goes into detail describing how the institutionalization of marriage and these expectations that are really more like burdens, um, this expectation that you got to make it work regardless, right? I think, Marlene, maybe you can chime in um, about culturally, this expectation is once you're married, you're married till death do you part. Um, if there are marital problems, if things like cheating come up, it's really um, your cross to bear. It's um, no matter what, you just got to make it work for the family. The, you know, Latinx culture and looking at, okay, marriage and till death do us part. A lot of the times, you know, when we look at relationships, that's kind of how the culture views it. And it can be hard. Like in the beginning, you know, they... Rui and Julia are still sleeping in the same room. He's sleeping in a mattress um, on the floor and their daughter comes in because she's having nightmares and they hide the mattress right away. And, you know, like, um, so they're trying to pretend that everything's good, right? Like that they're still together. I think in their social circles, they're at an engagement party at some point and they're pretending they're still, you know, together so there's a lot of care for that like what what are people going to say right if they know that we didn't work out and I think that's a huge part of the culture right um what are people going to say what are they going to think because there's a big part that you know a big belief like okay we keep whatever's going on in your marriage at home don't share it with people right so I think we see some of that in this show as well that is what Julia and and Rui were fed, right? Growing up, they're realizing that there has to be another way because what was taught to them is not working for them anymore. Most partnerships, when they go through separation, they bring in the courts or um, it's not mutually friendly. So you have to involve the court sometimes. And there's always a huge power battle in those situations. Having to live under the same roof for the sake of the child is very admirable. But as you can see in this story, because they're not able to resolve something that's really heavy on them, they start to escalate, right? Um, and Rui is completely happy. Um, he thinks that this is a great situation. He actually doesn't seem to mind, but... Um, the boundaries are very blurry for him. For her, they're very, very clear. Like, we're not together. She's seeing someone. Um, she doesn't need to tell him. He um, reacts to the news of finding out that his wife is having an affair. And honestly, we find out that Rui has actually cheated on, on Julia many, many times. And it's probably become a thing for him, for him, it probably felt like, oh, everything's going to be fine because it's, we've been here before and we still stayed together. He's totally caught off guard, which really surprised me. I mean, I think I would expect Julia <laughs> personally to go find love for a couple who's trying to sort it out, but it's very clear for one person that I do not want to have an intimate relationship with you. I am opening myself up for somebody else. Um, but the other person in the home is still 
keeping this illusion that everything's going to be fine, right? Like the show, like everything's going to be fine. It'll just be a matter of time. What kind of conversations um, should couples be having when they are attempting to to take the separation at a pace that doesn't destroy the child, right? But you also have to nurture yourself. I think that's a really great question. And I think it's sort of like the crux of almost their entire conflict in the series is like, what does healthy communication look like after a relationship ends? Um, obviously when you're with somebody, like the whole goal is to communicate your feelings, wants, needs, opinions in a healthy, constructive way. Um, once you end that relationship, but you continue to co-parent and live together, like, what does this look like? What does that expectation look like? Um, I am of the belief that Rui's response to finding out that Julia is in a new relationship is completely unwarranted. But I also think that given the sort of, um, unusual uh, sort of setup of what the relationship looks like right now, where they're still living together and they're trying to be friends, that it might've been a good idea if Julia had given him a heads up um, rather than lying about it and saying she was going to her mother's. Um, I think that ultimately Rui (laughs) screwed up much more than Julia in this situation, but I still think there's sort of a breakdown in communication leading up to it. What do you all think? I know that that might be kind of controversial. I'm interested to see what you all think. I definitely think that, yeah, the fact that they weren't able to kind of lean into those really uncomfortable conversations and speak honestly about how Julia had hurt feelings about when Rui cheated on her with the groupies. Um, And I feel like she found someone who genuinely shows up for her and who cares about her and who they can, they can be honest with each other. And, um, but I think because they didn't turn to each other in this moment, and really talk about the struggles that they were having and really be honest with each other. They kind of did everything but communicate with each other. So they communicated with everyone else, like the lawyers and their friends and the maid as well. And so it's like everyone's hearing all these perspectives about, you know, their individual experiences, but they're not actually connecting with each other about this. Yeah, that's a great point. And I'm realizing that I think this is the first couple that we've analyzed that is technically not currently in a relationship. So they have separated, they are living together and co-parenting, but that does change things when it comes to expectations around communication. And once a couple has decided this is not the right relationship for me, um, we are not working, we want to separate, but we want to live together for the child that's complicated. And they've already made that decision emotionally that we're not investing in each other anymore, right? We're going to invest in ourselves. We're going to invest in our child, but we've decided together that this relationship is no longer worth pursuing. And so in terms of the expectations around communication, it's a little different in a, in a relationship. You do want that ongoing, healthy, open, vulnerable communication, When you are separated from someone, you know, oftentimes there are built up resentments, um, frustrations, Um, you might want to be limiting your communication with that person to just try to coexist together. And so this is a unique situation because they're living together and trying to co-parent 
and in the beginning, kind of under the skies that they are still together. But I do have empathy for Julia in the situation because she had every right to pursue another relationship. And I can understand why she wouldn't want to have that conversation with Rui. <laughs> I need to work on rolling my R's. But you know, because knowing him, he is very, in the beginning of the show, a little toxic, right? In his behavior, he's a little possessive over her. So I do agree that it was probably crossing a line, morally speaking, when she was lying about being with her mother who was suffering dementia, um, instead of having this Saturday night love affair. But it's an awkward conversation to have. And if she truly feels like our relationship is over, we're not intimately involved anymore. We've already made that decision together. I don't necessarily need to tell you that, but it gets awkward. That's for sure. In regards to like Rui's specific responses and the behaviors that he engages in the aftermath of that, like breaking into somebody's house, um, going through her things, like those are abusive behaviors. So what does everybody think? Like, can somebody engage in abusive behaviors without being an abusive person in an abusive relationship? Like it gets messy. I think if I was in that situation, I would probably do the same thing, kind of maybe not break into his apartment. I think that's like a little far, but I would definitely have a reaction, but he's like, oh my God, now you're like, you're cheating on me. I think that his reaction was more intense because Julia did actually have feelings for the person she was in a relationship with. Um, And so that kind of probably hurt him a little more. I feel like the feelings that he had um, or hookups that he had outside of the marriage were just kind of like a one-off they weren't very like involved emotionally but now that the roles are reversed he's feeling some type of way um yeah I don't think I would have a very healthy reaction to that but I think that I wouldn't (laughs) lie to the neighbor and climb through their apartment to break into his apartment I think that's definitely very abusive and stalker-ish and probably illegal so but Something. I mean, ouch, you know, like that's painful, right? When they have a, a big blowout fight, because um, it just it just leads to a, a confrontation. Uh, it's so hard because we're supposed to believe, right, that Rui actually, he even said it out loud, like none of those relationships, none of those affairs meant anything to me, right? So we're supposed to function from that place of like, what you, Julia, are doing is totally wrong. But what I did it was just dumb, right? I was just, uh, and so I, I, I really appreciated that because how many, how many men out there actually, or how many couples, um, heterosexual couples or, or same sex couples where there's a cheater minimizing that experience um, to like, you shouldn't even see it that way because I love you. And I, I honestly truly believe he does love Julia and what is it about like why is this always part of of a story and it it, it is a thing i have definitely heard stories just like that where, where there's cheating involved and the cheaters like that none of that meant anything you know um and then the person that got cheated on is supposed to just like function from that space do we truly believe that ruiz escapades you know, all those affairs are really meaningless. He's just complicated. And he really makes me angry because he's 
he's really representing something that I've seen before. I think that's, I think like, you know, just hearing that and you think of, it happens so often, right? That like, and I think not just in like Latinx culture, but it does happen a lot with like, a lot of like, well, you know, that didn't mean anything. That was nothing, that constant, like even, you know, when someone is in a relationship, um, kind of putting themselves out there, right? And it, I think <laughs> the reason why they feel so passionate about it, I think because it is something that comes up quite a bit, right? Like, what is it? And I think that brings forward that inner machismo that Rui has, you know, that he doesn't, that lack of accountability. Like, okay, why am I, you know, like being set up to look like the bad guy? When in reality, it's these behaviors that are getting him to, that are having consequences, right? Finally. But throughout his life, there hasn't been, right? Or he hasn't been able to really, he, he blames other things. Um, and I think a lot of the time, that's what happens, right? Like, well, I was just, you know, trying to talk to this person. I was just being friendly. But in reality, that's not, you know, it's, I think it's a good perspective to look at why, is it so much worse that there's a can like, you know with we think about Julia and she actually has a connection with someone right that's deeper than than a fling you could say but why would you know like in the beginning Rui is um kind of like harassing his co-worker right but trying to go out with her and trying to like you know hang out and the show kind of makes it seem like that's kind of what was happening throughout the marriage right so what makes it to where that is not as intense as you know Julia going out and having a relationship so I think it brings forward a good point right why is it that there's this lack of accountability constantly and when we're like well that dismissal of it didn't mean anything, that doesn't mean that it takes away the hurt of the situation, right? And I think that happens more often than not. Well, it's clear, like, if a mother cheats, she destroyed the family. If the husband cheats, he's just a guy. That's what guys do. And I am so sick of that narrative. He always was kind of on the prowl. Um, so that definitely is unhealthy to be in a marriage and still be you know, kind of always opening yourself up to those opportunities. The prowling. Not only did that behavior and that conduct destroy his marriage, it eventually got him fired from work. He was behaving um, shady throughout the show with uh, Rebecca, one of the DJs at the radio station that, that he works at. You know, they're um, having a live show and someone, you know, a female friend that he had been harassing calls him out and calls him um, a progre machista. So a progressive machista, basically. And she describes it, you know, like, okay, you, yeah, in your social circles, you pretend you're progressive, you use all the right terms. But then when it comes to, you know, actions, they're, they look very different, right? And there's no accountability there. And I think, you know, like I really enjoyed that part because it is very true. When we think of machistas, we think of maybe very traditional, right? Like all or nothing, like people that are like, okay, you know, um, these are my views in regards to women. And a lot of the times, you know, I think machismo or toxic masculinity in a lot of ways 
looks more subtle, right? Or people are not aware of their behaviors being inappropriate or they don't want to take that responsibility, you know, because they're like, well, I'm not a bad person, right? So I think um, the show does a great job of showing that, right? And really explaining, okay, like, you need to take accountability for these actions, you know? Because people, women, started calling it what it was, but he was calling it something else. And that's why he always felt caught off guard with like, how am I getting punished? I'm the victim here. Like I've, I'm not doing anything wrong. Cause he claims it at, you know, I'm just trying to like take you out, hang out. He kept kind of like texting and, you know, being very touchy. He made a comment, right? You can't even flirt anymore, but it wasn't flirting. It was harassment. Right. So like, even in this show, he gets called out and takes him a while to become aware that that wasn't okay. Rui, Rui has a group of supportive friends who he talks to about his relationship. And what I really appreciated about his friends is that they held him accountable for his, for his actions. He was called out on the air and they did fire him for that. When they were going through the custody battle, his lawyer suggested that he attends this class. It reminded me of in the United States, there's like a 52 week batters intervention treatment program. It reminded me of something more to that, but this was just a one day group uh, where offenders come and kind of talk through their behavior and figure out where it's coming from and try to rectify that or try to heal the hurt that's causing them to act in this way. They did this metaphor around like consent, which I I was familiar with. It was, they were using water as the example and giving someone water when they're asleep or giving someone water and they don't really want any water and like forcing that on them. And they were connecting that to consent. And there's a video on YouTube that's very similar, all about tea that we've used in presentations before. Um, but I thought that that was well done because I felt like there were like light bulb moments for him where you could see him growing and you could see him kind of processing through that. He was witnessing other men talk about how they would go home and like beat their wives and that they didn't see it as super problematic at first. And I think that he saw that and he's like, I don't want to be aligned with these people. Like, I don't want to be a bad person. I don't want to hurt people. So I feel like that leads us into this conversation of the concept of healing for people who cause harm to figure out what's causing this internally for you to act out in these ways. And is it possible to change? What I saw Rui is usually felt really uncomfortable whenever the attorney that he hired suggested just taking real extreme measures that he felt like wow, that would really complicate Julia's life. You know, like he didn't want to sabotage her. It, it, it wasn't a power and control thing. It was just really um, a panic moment. Like once the affair of Julia's affair popped in, um, uh, I think he was just processing a lot of the anger and hurt. Um, he got a taste of his own medicine. <laughs> he didn't, he'd never experienced that before. Um, so he was quick to, um, to just try to defend himself. Um, but in the process, he was very clear and aware that some of the suggestions made by the attorney just didn't sit right with him. And so it was very clear that he's not interested in destroying Julia's life. He never intended to hurt Julia, but in many situations, uh, and during the legal process, 
the lawyers would be like, oh, well, she had depression or, you know, A, B and C. And he'd be like, well, why did you bring that up? You know, and it's like the lawyers, their whole motive and point was to just make Julia look kind of as bad as possible. And he didn't even appreciate that. So I think that was also a turning point when he was like, I don't want to make you feel bad or look bad. Like I care about you. Your daughter's teacher pulls um, Rui aside and he's, she's like, you know, Andrea is really struggling in school right now. She's acting out in all these ways. And I've heard the rumors. Like, I know it's just because she wants to get her mother's attention because we all know her mom is having this affair. Her mom is the one who's never home. She's the problem. And that was such a problematic statement. And I was grateful that Rui was able to defend her in that moment and say, you don't know anything about Julia. You don't know anything about our relationship or about her abilities as a mother. And she's a great mother. Um, at that point in the show, he had gone through this kind of transformation a bit. He had done some self-reflection. These characters are becoming aware that maybe this is not what they want to do. Maybe this isn't the approach. They actually care about each other, even though they're angry at each other right now. They care about each other and they care about their daughter enough to realize that they're going to try to figure this out in their own way. Not communicating about hard stuff can make the situation even worse. And it could even just cause hurt feelings, right? Like after, you know, going through a, a bunch of legal processes, um, it's like they realize that, you know, we do care about each other and we should have just talked about it, right? So, you know, and that's really what needed to happen in the end. So it's definitely a long process, but having those uncomfortable conversations can make it less bad in the long run, I think. Alyssa, you mentioned the, the concept of abusive behavior versus abusive relationships. And that's a really complex question, right? Because if we looked at it on paper, Rui was acting in abusive ways, hacking into her email, breaking into her boyfriend's house, calling her really horrible names, right? Those are abusive things. But is this relationship abusive? That's a really good question. I think that there was definitely a battle for power and control in this relationship, but it didn't feel to me personally that Rui was the one who held the power and control, which is what abusive people and abusive relationships do. So I think the relationship was toxic. I think he definitely gaslighted her when he was minimizing all of his own extramarital affairs. Just because there wasn't feelings involved does not mean that he wasn't breaking their commitment to monogamy, which is what we're led to believe they had prior to their separation. So I think that he was acting in toxic, abusive ways, but I wouldn't personally identify that relationship as abusive. I would be really curious to hear what you all thought about that. Agreed. I think Rui is an a-hole who engages in behaviors that are abusive, but like you said, the relationship itself isn't necessarily abusive. It's very unhealthy at this point um, in time, but I wouldn't say abusive. I definitely think his his relationship with women, uh, his like entitlement to women's bodies, I definitely think that that's abusive. The fact that he doesn't even, he thinks that that's just normal, right? And I think that shows throughout you know, the series and the way he, he just like continuously hits on people, even when they're saying no. And for him, the way that, you know, his mom is like, maybe I raised you to be that way when really it's, it's just a part of the culture is men are always put on a pedestal. Right. And I definitely think that 
having those like beliefs and and rigid gender roles and just that entitlement to access of women's bodies despite whatever they think I definitely think that's abusive I think that their relationship was unhealthy for sure and definitely was intense in the way that they argued or didn't have conversations but I don't think that it was abusive um, in their relationship with each other I, I don't think that it was abusive I definitely think it was very unhealthy one of the power dynamics that I thought was very interesting is you know this is the first time that we're seeing um, a stay-at-home dad um, who uh, Julia owns the house and there's a scene where Julia is trying to get into her home and he changed the locks on the key um, and and Idalia is the one that lets Julia into the house the next morning Rui kind of confronts Idalia you're the one that let her in right um and she mentions well it's her house and he's very quick to jump in there and say well it's my house too and when we talk about power and control and a lot of in abusive relationships dispossessing people of their homes is a tactic of abuse Julia clearly wants him out of the house and he is refusing to leave when we see the first episode I believe that this has been going on for at least a couple months. So he's had a couple of months to look for a place to live. He refuses to leave. It's Julia's home. Is it abusive for Julia to decide, hey, it's been two months. Like, I don't care. You need to get out of my house. It's my house. I inherited it. Um, you've had plenty of time to figure this out. Honestly, because I would want Rui out of the house too. <laughs> It's just very interesting if it was the other way around and, and it was Rui who was the breadwinner and it was his home. Um, and he told Julia two months ago, you know, you need to move out. You have to move out by this date. What's the difference? Is there a difference? Should there be a difference? Is Julia kicking Rui out of the house because it's her parents' house that she inherited? Is that her being abusive or is that her right to set that boundary? I mean, the Good relationship question. has ended, right? So I don't think it's abusive to say you should get your own separate space so that we can live separately from each other. I mean, what were you going to say, Alyssa? I agree. I don't think it's abusive. Um, I do think that having that conversation and like asking him to move out, maybe she, she benefit, they both would from like a little bit more empathy from each other's perspectives where, yeah, like this is her house. Like ultimately the marriage is over. Somebody needs to leave. Like Ruby needs to leave. But I also feel like it might be good to acknowledge that ultimately like Ruby's life is probably changing much more dramatically uh, on a day-to-day basis. Like he's the one that has to move out. Um, he's the one that won't necessarily be sharing um, like the home with his daughter uh, that they grew up in. Um, so I, I, I feel for Rui. Well, at the same time, like, dude, you need to go. <laughs> like, it's not great. Like nobody is having fun right now, but it is what it is. Somebody's got to leave and you're it. It would be a completely different story. I feel like if they didn't have a, a child, just having a child together definitely complicates things. Um, and honestly, who would want to leave? Like that place is so nice. And like, he's got it made. Idalia, she's like, basically does all the work for him, right? 
she makes the food she cleans she does the emotional support and caring for the child like he just has to like deliver the smoothies and just be there right so he's got it made right and so he's just kind of trying to stick in that house for as long as possible ultimately what happened it was what the attorneys on either side um proposed nobody was going to come into agreement so and then it just became a battle of like who can outlast the other person julia continued to see fausto her lover Fausto does a really good job of kind of taking on a new co-parenting role in this new relationship, but also recognizing all of the kind of drama and unsolved issues that Rui and Julia have. And he takes it upon himself to be like, hey, Julia, y'all are adults. You're going to need to talk about this. You're going to need to figure it out. And I'm going to create space for y'all to do that by taking care of the child, you know, by like just giving y'all a chance to be together in a space and to actually dive into this conversation because it's affecting you both so negatively. And if you both could just like see that you could have a more positive outcome. You know, like I'm glad that we're talking about Fausto now because I know we've already sort of mentioned that almost everybody in the show is messy, um, screws up um, to varying degrees. Fausto kind of doesn't. Like Fausto is pretty great. Like the entire show has real like golden retriever energy. Um, very sweet. Um, very um, sort of emotionally open. I like Fausto. Everybody should uh, should strive to be a Fausto. Yeah, Fausto never really added any more stress or pressure. I think he was very respectful uh, of Julia's pace. You know, um, other people might make Julia feel like, hey, when is when are you going to end this? Like, I don't like the fact that you are living under the same roof with your husband and it makes me jealous. It makes me uncomfortable. Like, I want to get serious. Um, like, why don't you move out, move in with me? Um, he really, he didn't do any of that. He was um, aware of what she was going through and he wasn't trying to add any more stress to her life. And he was quite patient. And like Sawyer said, he was, he was more willing to be like helpful and supportive. Ultimately, he, he does, he cares about Julia and, and, uh, and her daughter. A conversation was had with Andrea, uh, Rui and Julia actually for the first time sat Andrea down and and talked about um, that they were not going to be a couple anymore and she said what are you gonna unmarry each other is that even allowed right and um, you know Julia and and Rui they're they're doing their best to to have this conversation and and prepare her for what's coming and it really affects her and she's going through her own experiences ends up running away from home and the families just kind of in a panic. And I think that that was the first time that they were jolted and step out of themselves and, and see like the impact that it was having on Andrea. Andrea is found and that brings Julia and Rui together. And they really recognize like, wow, we've just been super selfish. We've just been thinking about us. We haven't been thinking about Andrea and look at what happened and what a relief that she's here. And I think Andrea is what brings that union together. I definitely expected a stronger reaction from Rui when Fausto was there. Like, how awkward to be in that situation, but I think he handled it really well. He just, you know, didn't really say anything. And then he, like, Fausto was like, I'm going to take her to go get, like, some food and we'll be back and you guys can have a chance to talk. So I, I definitely 
I expected that to go differently, um, but I do think that Fausto does a great job in supporting Julia in in the kind of repair of her and Rui's relationship. It was a really powerful moment, I feel like, when they were just hugging and embracing each other and realizing that they really put each other through a lot of like trauma and dramatic legal court system events. Um, and I, I believe that in that moment, their love for their daughter is what made it easier for them to embrace each other. And it led to a kiss um, and a makeout session. While they're kind of hooking up, Fausto appears and you would think that the reaction would be pretty negative that, you know, his new partner is kind of cheating on him with her ex-husband or ex-partner or whatever. Um, but instead, they all kind of just embrace each other in that moment. And I definitely think that that was something different that we have never seen before in one of these films that we've critiqued. Uh, and it was a really positive experience for everyone. Like, they all had that intimate moment together. They were able to connect. And from that point on, they became like a team in co-parenting the child and in kind of like supporting each other and living together. But there were seeds planted before that. Diego Luna wanted Julia and Rui to be real characters that are living in this world now. And there's a lot of things changing in this world. There's a lot of people that are exploring different ways of loving each other they're exploring different ways of having relationships and it is also complicated and it also requires many rules um, and a lot of communication and Julia and Rui do have a lot of friends who are exploring those alternative ways of loving each other one of Rui's best friends is in a thruple you know when he was venting to his friend about how complicated, like you wouldn't understand, like you just have free love. And, and she was like, no, no, no. Thruples are a lot of work. We have it way harder than y'all because we have to have way more honest conversations. We have to talk every little detail out and create so many rules to make sure that everybody's feels good in this relationship. And maybe Rui opened himself up and allowed himself to experience that and, and share intimacy with Julia and Fausto. You know, I think the whole show is really interesting because, you know, throughout the show, like I then mentioned, there's clues that that's what's going to end up happening in one way or another. Like um, there's a moment, you know, where Julia takes Andrea out of school and takes her out on like a shopping spree and and is reading her story and you know she mentions like a princess and I think she's trying to explain like prepare her right for that conversation of like okay me and your dad are splitting up and she mentions like you know there's this princess and she married this prince but she doesn't really love him anymore and she loves somebody else Andrea turns to her and she's like why can't she just love both Julia's like oh you like you know like this my daughter is giving me some maybe some wisdom here right like why is it limited to just one person in my mind when I when I watched the threesome happen to me it kind of just felt like it came full circle like they had been fighting there's been a lot of tension 
Rui had gone through his own journey of like self-discovery and healing around that, like, um, machismo stuff that he was dealing with. And like that class that he took, it really seemed like he had kind of done some healing in that class. And when they had the threesome, like he had been previously, he had called her a whore, for example, and like really put her down and criticize her sexuality and minimize his own, um, extramarital affairs and things like that. But when they had the threesome, it felt like to me, that was his way of like accepting this transition in their lives and accepting her relationship with Fausto. And I didn't actually interpret it as like a continuing throuple situation between the three of them. I viewed that as like, this is like this one, like almost like closure, like we're all going to have this like healing moment together. And now like I'm stepping aside, I'm honoring your relationship with Fausto and we're all going to co-parent together in peace. But I wasn't getting the vibe that his intimate relationship with Julia was continuing. I think that it was like, they had that moment. They all had a great time. And now he is like respecting Fausto's new role in their life. And he is also coming to terms with what his new role is. But I thought it was really cool to see them like living in harmony and like co-parenting really successfully in my mind. I really like that you brought up like the parenting aspect of the show, because it was something I think that really drew me to it. I really appreciate how the show um, portrays like a fully realized version of parenthood where I think that um, they're both great parents and they're both imperfect parents, which is generally how it works in real life. But very rarely do you see that sort of like authentic portrayal. They love their daughter dearly. Um, They make mistakes sometimes. Um, And they're also people outside um, of that parent relationship. Their parents, they also have sex. They also smoke weed. Uh, They do all these other things. They have careers and they're great parents and they screw up. All of that can be true simultaneously. It's really interesting because, you know, a lot of the times there's um, preconceived ideas, right, of what parenting looks like and um, what is healthy and what isn't for the child, what is traumatizing. But I feel like Andrea is a lot more resilient than they give her credit for, right? So the things that they fear that she's going to like be greatly like traumatized by, they don't affect her in the way that they think it would, right? But it's those other things, those like pretending we're not upset at each other, even if we are, right? So hiding that tension from her. But, you know, at the end, it shows that, you know, like, Andrea's like, you know, completely content having all three of them in her life. And, and then she has, you know, a a parent teacher conference, and they all go and Fausto goes as well. And he's like, he's my dentist, you know, that was kind of funny. But, you know, like, she's perfectly content with them being involved. Um, So it's really interesting, because I think it also, you know, makes it made me think about, okay, like a lot of the times I feel like kids we try to protect them for certain things, but they're a lot more resilient than we think. And if it comes down to honesty and communication, I think in a lot of ways, you know. Throughout the show, like we talked about, the, they have a friend that is in a throuple. And so that kind of gets brought up a few times, talked about the ideas introduced to their daughter um, when she's like, wait, you're not her girlfriend. This person's her girlfriend. And they're like, no, we're all girlfriends. And she's like, what? <laughs> um, but again, like Marlon mentioned, Andrea is a 
very resilient little girl and she's smart and she catches on to things as well. And when another girl was little girl was talking to her, she's like, oh, my parents fought even more once they went through a divorce. And that wasn't um, Andrea's experience. She got to witness absolutely a stage of conflict where they were fighting. But then once the decision was made that they were separating and Fausto was going to be Julia's partner, I think that's when the peace kind of came into play. Like Diego Luna is trying to approach this, this story of there's other ways. If your relationship doesn't work out, there's there's other ways that you can still love each other and find love. And there was a few scenes where Julia and Fausto is now like in the house and they're in the bedroom and, and Rui can hear them laughing in the bedroom, having a good time. And Andrea, the little girl's like used to going into mommy and daddy's room and she's stopped by her dad because there's, there's somebody else in there. Um, and he's in the background kind of taking care of her. I, I, I think there, that scene made me feel like, like he is still accepting and mourning that their relationship has totally shifted and he's not the man in her bed anymore. <laughs> um, but he's still there for Andrea and that has to be really complicated. I, I don't think there were any more scenes where they're just like all like, you know, having a great time together. There was just that one scene and um, I, I feel like that scene showed that he's still getting used to the idea of not having Julia in his life like that anymore. You can see it in his eyes that he's just like, just taking it a day at a time, you know? Um, I think it's, it just humanizes him. He did have love for Julia and it, it was um, important for me to see him um, heal and also give her space and also see him kind of adjusting. Um, you know, it wasn't just like full-blown acceptance, hurrah, I'm ready to do this new thing. It was a beautiful way for all those couples struggling out there, you know, there's healing and we don't have to be stuck with this one way of, of having a family. It's like, he's still living in that house, uh, you know, and I think it's it's interesting, probably hard for him to do that. I think that he makes the most of the situation by just focusing on the relationship he has with his daughter. Um, but it is interesting how he, they all just live together now. And then the way the show ends, right, when they're like walking home and then their home has been graffitied with all these like awful words, you know, calling them like sinners and like pigs and so I hope that there's a sequel to that, right? Because it, I think it makes that point of, look, people have these judgments, right? When they know about their relationship and how they're going to deal with that. And I personally also wonder, like I mentioned, like, does Rui really want to be in a throuple, right? Or is it just because she, he's holding on? So I think it left in a very like, okay, you wonder what's going to happen. So, you know, I'm kind of hopeful that there's going to be a, a second season for that. So absolutely, this couple went through a journey over this season. You know, we saw so many ups, so many downs. Um, and I think that where it ended was 
really beautiful, I think. Um, and I'm totally with you, Marlena. I hope that they do a second season. I'm really curious about like, where, where do they go from here? Do we think this relationship between Rui and Julia was healthy, unhealthy, or abusive and why? Like you said, Sarah, I think journey is the the best way to describe this relationship. Um, I think it starts out very unhealthy. Um, and there are definitely some abusive behaviors present. Um, but as we sort of touched on, I, I don't believe that it's an abusive relationship, just very unhealthy. Uh, but at the end, I mean, I would say that's pretty firmly healthy. Uh, that's not to say that they're not ever going to sort of swing back to the unhealthy side at some point in the future, which happens in almost all relationships. Uh, but I feel really positive about where they end um, at the end of the series. I also believe that um, it is unhealthy. Uh, like Alyssa said, there were abusive behaviors. But what I really saw was all the all the adult characters, um, Julia, Rui, Fausto, um, one thing that I really admired about them was that their ability to re reflect. They were all forced to reflect. And I believe that controlling people that are controlling and abusive are not interested in taking accountability. They're not reflecting on their behavior. I see them as just a couple that is going through a really unhealthy phase, trying to figure it out and really struggling with um, societal pressure of uh, having it only one way. Um, ultimately, I think that the frustration is less with the, it's, it is with each other, but it also has to do with social norms and expectations about their relationship is a failure, right? Their failures. Um, that is a lot to process. And I think that that added a lot of agitation in them too. Um, if they didn't have those social expectations um, weighing so heavy on them, I think that they might have felt more free to um, explore and communicate. Even though they were fighting sometimes, they were still expressing how they felt and immediately after they would reflect. So I, I think that that's healthy for people to make mistakes and reflect and come back and, and try something different. Definitely, I think, you know, I would agree with Ive and Alyssa and Sarah, right, that the relationship did start at an unhealthy place. Um, and by the end of the season, right, we see it where communication opens up and they're in a much healthier place. And I think it's a good reminder, right, that relationships don't stay perfect all the time, right, even in the healthiest of relationships. And it shows that, you know, in relationships, there's growth, right, and there's healing. And I think, like, it's it's a good message to remember that, right, that, yeah, even though sometimes there's unhealthy behaviors, right, and we go back and forth, I think it comes down to communication and accountability of, you know, like, okay, where do you go, where do we go from here? How do we grow? So, I agree with you all on the relationship. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, it was definitely unhealthy. Uh, and some of Rui's actions were on the abusive red flag side there. Um, but the fact that he could, you know, he put in the effort to kind of become aware of his behaviors. And it gets brought up, right? Like, oh, when he gets called out at the radio station, she's like, he's like, I have a daughter, I'm a feminist. And like, actually just having a daughter doesn't make you a feminist. You have to do the work and you have to act in ways in which you hold yourself accountable. Um, and then he also put an effort to change and take accountability. You know, when he went to 
his work to apologize to his coworker. You know, she was like, great. Hope you feel better about that. See you later. You know, like she didn't really care about his apology, but you know, the fact that he did do that was a huge improvement. Um, and I, I do think he changes over, you know, the course of the show to take a little bit more accountability and to have that kind of open communication. So I think that it definitely went from unhealthy little bit of abusive behavior to more healthier side. And I think that their relationship from this point on will probably stay in the healthy, healthy side and may slide to the unhealthy side at times. But I think that they will be better at communicating now. Yeah. You mentioned Sawyer, his apology to the coworker who he had been sexually harassing. And I really appreciated the way the show handled that because she didn't let him off the hook. Like she didn't say, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm so proud of you for like understanding that your behavior is problematic. Like that's not her job, you know? And she, she said, great. I'm glad that you finally realized that. And I hope you actually mean it. So she didn't totally let him off the hook, but I, I really appreciated how that kind of ended. Um, in terms of their relationship, yeah, I think that it was pretty firmly toxic, unhealthy for the majority of the show, but I have a lot of faith that this relationship could be healthy moving forward. I think where it ended, it is healthy. And um, like Marlon mentioned, it's like nothing is permanent, right? All the time. Like it's not always going to be unhealthy or always going to be healthy. Like things can kind of change and shift. But the key there is that both people are willing to put in the work. Both people are willing to recognize their problematic behavior, are willing to make changes and actually change their behavior. They don't just say that they're going to, they actually do it. I do see that with them. Even Julia was able to recognize, you know, when their daughter ran away and how scared she was. I think that did bring up a lot of realizations for her that she had treated Rui poorly, right? And kind of blamed him initially for her running away and just recognized that that was unhealthy and unfair. So I have high hopes for what the future brings. Um, I just, I do think that this relationship moving forward will be platonic. That's my guess. And hopefully Fausto sticks around because I agree with you, Alyssa. I like Fausto. <laughs> I think that he was a positive, positive influence in the show. Where do you all think this relationship goes from here? Any predictions or hopes for maybe a season two? I almost don't even want a series two. I really like um, like the unknowns that the first season kind of leaves us with. And I like not having a definitive answer because I feel like any ending that ends with like a pretty little present tied with like a perfect little bow would feel unrealistic to me. But I don't know how else he would finish it. They are in a good place where the series ends. But I feel like at the very end where they go home and they see that really hateful message written on their door is a reminder that like society as a whole um, is really close-minded when it comes to interpersonal romantic relationships. And they're probably going to continue to face um, questions, accusations, and even hate from people who feel threatened by the relationship. So I think that the characters together are all in a great place, but they don't live um, in a vacuum. And, and it would be interesting to see like how all of that sort of comes into play. I'm kind of torn. I, I agree with Alyssa a little bit about the just leaving the story the where it is 
but also I was just really impressed with Diego Luna and the writing that happened. It touched on a lot of real issues that are important to discuss. Gender-based violence is an issue all over the world, and it's a big issue in Mexico City as well. And so something about this story allowed this creative writing process where all these different voices came together. I love that there's a story out there that... um, that is exploring all that. And I would love to see another season because I think it's only going to plant seeds for the larger community, right? Stories help us heal. Um, And it's the story that allows people to recognize that the world is changing in a way where people are feeling more safe to express different forms of love. And I wanna see more of that. So I do hope for another season. No, yeah, I think, you know, with, um, I really like how Alyssa shared and she's like, okay, maybe we do want to keep it that way. And I'm like, maybe we do. But I also, you know, with the ending, uh, something that I would like to see is maybe like if there's second season, how they navigate that, right? Like the hate they're getting and how they navigate that, you know, like together and kind of, I hope that they show kind of the struggles with that. And, you know, what they do to communicate to make it work. I'm kind of hoping there's a second season. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm definitely interested because it left off right when COVID was starting. And so imagine that this thruple of a co-parenting relationship is happening. And now they're going to be quarantined to stay in that house, which we know Rui is fine with. But the three of them just like in that house all the time I wonder what the dynamics will be plus I mean after going through COVID you know we all know that it definitely it changes your relationship uh and it can be good and it could be eye-opening right so I'll definitely be interested to see if there's a second season well, uh, thank you, Diego Luna, for giving us this great um, story, because like Alyssa said, all the characters are messy, and that was his intention. He shared in an interview that characters should not be untouchable, that we are complex people, and what he wants all the viewers to understand about these characters is that they're willing to grow. And I think that in relationships, that is so crucial. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. And as long as we're willing to grow, um, that is something that has a lot of value. I just wanted to thank you one more time, Marlene, for joining us. It was so awesome to have your voice included in this episode. So thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great to get to watch the show and discuss it here with all of you. It's been really fun. So thank you so much. Alrighty. Well, thank you all so much for listening. As always, if you have any feedback, whether it's opinions that are similar to ours or totally different, we would love to hear all about it. You can message us on Instagram at Catalyst DV Services, and uh, we would love to hear your feedback. And if you have any other recommendations for shows or movies that you would like us to analyze, please let us know. We really look forward to hearing from you. Thank you all so much. Get connected with us through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Catalyst DV Services. And check out our new website at catalystdvservices.org. Thanks for listening.